Hello, friends. It's Ariel Hawani of The Ringer MMA Show. I'm Chuck Mindenhall. And I'm Petey Carroll. And together, we are Three Pack. Follow and listen to The Ringer MMA feed exclusively on Spotify for all the latest the world of mixed martial arts and join us live on spotify green room after every big event see you then love yous Mwah. my eagle enthusiasts it's fairway rolling presented by FanDuel. major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives big putts and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors with over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm in a singing mood, my birdie buddies. This is Fairway Rollin' on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, the PGA Tour correspondent on the ground. Nathan Hubbard is joining me as a two-ball today. Let's stride right on over, get a peg in the ground, and get this round started off. Nate Dog, I'm in a singing mood. How you feeling, buddy? What is bombing harder? What is choking bigger? What is falling faster? Danny Berger on the leaderboard on Sunday with a 54-hole oh, lead or boom. Phil Mickelson's brand house? <laughs> What's going on? Well, it was only just desserts for Phil because of what he did to us. Lou, how the mighty have fallen. Phil with the PH, PH fucked us last week because we did our podcast. We recorded midday, 15 last, seconds. Before, yes, yeah. yes. And we we went through I, what I regarded, what I considered to be a very thoughtful and contemplative exercise around 
him needing to shut the pH fuck up. His strategy going forward, what he might do. You gave your usual considered judgment. And then moments after we were done recording and I had to dash off to something or another so we couldn't jump back on, Phil issues a 530-word apology that might as well have been 5,300 words because it was way too long. Like, in all other aspects of Phil's very bizarre and curious outward-facing behavior over these last two months, a terrible apology. I'm terrible in my its own life. feces around the room. Terrible in its, in, in, in its message. Like, who is helping this guy? And the answer is clearly no one. Now, I want to just, all of the news is done. That cycle is over. But I wanted to check in with you and get your thoughts on a couple of things that I found kind of curious. One thing that has been occurring since he issued his apology and since all of his sponsors basically either announced the the end of their relationship or in the case of Callaway announced a pause. Um, there has been some feedback in the Twitter sphere and other sort of golf circles around the notion that the punishment doesn't quite fit the crime and some questioning what exactly is Phil's crime? And I just wanted to get your reaction to that sentiment um, as a starting point. Well, I am not here to play judge. I am not here to, <laughs> you know, uh, as Rory said, I don't want to kick a man while he's down. And I think the news cycle has turned over, you know, Putin is the best thing that would have happened to Phil Mickelson. Because he could have just stayed quiet and Putin would have invaded and everybody would have sort of forgotten about this shit on the other side. Uh, not completely, of course. But I, I think, you know, there's just there was something highly Trumpian about the sort of just self-owning when I'm sure he was getting better advice about about what he had to say. And I, it seemed like he thought maybe he was smarter than the advice that he was getting. Don't forget what the crime here was. The crime was, first and foremost, actively, aggressively, belligerently undermining the PGA Tour, semicolon, and doing it with money from people who were actively, aggressively, violently undermining human rights around the world, including the lives of American citizens. That's the crime. Am I wrong? So that that point, the latter point, is really the thing that, to me, distinguishes his position from that of, of other fallen celebrities, fallen heroes. It's one thing for Tiger to meet a waitress and for them to go out and have consensual relations in the parking lot and for him to pay a price for that. It's a whole nother thing, a whole different order of magnitude a whole different kind of, you know, uh, I don't, crime isn't the right word because it's not criminal. No. But in the, in, the, in the eyes of, you know, your sponsors, your brand as a brand ambassador, conspiring, openly conspiring with, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the government of an entity 
that is responsible for the death of American citizens. That's a whole a different no thing. And and to me, it, it's a it was kind of a simple proposition, right? Like for for Workday or KPMG or Amstel Light or Rolex, the simple question: What would you say if Jamal Khashoggi's widow asked you? about your relationship with Phil Mickelson? What would you tell that? And in fact, this is the question that I've had for Phil. Okay, Phil, you know, last year he he um, went to Saudi Arabia and he told us all that we would get over it. And I thought that was okay, that's fine. What would you tell Jamal Khashoggi's widow if she came and sat down with you in a room? Would you tell her to get over it? That she would get over it as well? Is that the message to her? So I thought it was perfectly fine now, I will confess to you, this is a rarity for me. Okay. Darren Rovell oh, wrote, <laughs> wrote a piece for the Action Network that I actually thought was pretty astute. Yes. I'm not in the business of touting D-Row. Okay. But he made the observation that Phil's apology expressly and and. And it seemed by way of the deliberate language used intentionally provided the pathway for his sponsors to use the contractual language in the deals that he undoubtedly has yeah. that let them exercise an exit. Right. Yes. He talked about reckless language. He talked about, you know, and he, and he invited them. Yeah. To, to, to suspend their relationships. I think he had probably had some conversations with his sponsors before that statement came out. Don't you? That felt a little yes. bit like, let me uh, do the face saving exercise of putting out a public statement. Let's be clear about this. This is not a political thing. This is not a right left. This is not a, uh, you know, don't don't be don't pull in the woke anti this that this is an American sovereignty, like right wrong issue. And hey, was Phil, you know, we talked about it a couple of times on this podcast. I understand and in a perverse way, admire the idea of creating leverage because I understand that Phil was hanging out with CEOs and wanted equity and ownership and that he knew we're screwed if we don't have another option. So that's what you do in business. You create another option. All of that, I say, two thumbs up and something that absolutely would have been in line with the messianic, complex-driven self-portrait that Phil painted for us around him, you know, parting the Red Seas and and leading us through to, to, to the promised land for players. I actually think he could have played a very important role in it. And I also think that we will look back and say, there's no doubt that this episode regardless of the ethics of the partner that they chose, uh, changed PGA golf for the better for the players. And I think if these last couple of broadcasts are any measure for us fans a bit too, although there's still a ways to go, but it is the clinging unapologetically to some sort of distorted, uh, upside down moral vision of the Saudis as on the good side of this issue that I think is off-putting to most of Americans who understand that this was not a political issue so much as it was a right versus wrong issue. And, yeah. and, and the upsetting thing in this moment in time is for somebody who is so rich and who's so rich because 
the common man has paid a lot of money and given a lot of eyeballs to companies who've built up that brand for somebody to forget that the that, that the reason they're so rich is because of that common man and to put the money ahead of you know what you want your heroes you want to believe in your heroes and this is not fair cuz nobody's nobody's perfect we found that with tiger but you want your heroes to have a basic fundamental sense of right and wrong. And we all make those mistakes. And I think it was truly the apology that put everybody over the top because it was not an apology at all. It was an apology to the Saudis, first and foremost. It, lo it looked like it was an apology to the Saudis and to all of the players that he induced to come join him and the tens of millions, probably on the order of hundreds of millions of dollars that he snatched from their pockets by undermining this enterprise at this moment. I mean, you you observe this, those guys were counting on those dollars. Those dollars were in those guys' pockets, perhaps as soon as two weeks from now, when the announcement was was soft-circled yes. for the onset of the Players' Championship. Like, you know, how about a stick in the eye to the PGA Tour and let's get this thing going. And, you know... Top 30 player in the world was going to get $30 million, which again is what Charlie Hoffman at age 45 made over the course of his entire career. That's a shite ton of money. That's now, it. Those guys have had complete life change, complete change. And again, you go, well, they were going with the Saudis too, so why aren't they getting, why aren't they getting bent? I, I think it's because of the Pied Piper nature. This was Phil in the driver's seat is what it sounds like. My question for you, House, is, uh, Tiger Woods has been welcomed back and everybody loves Tiger. He's in the booth at Riv. You know, we love seeing Smiley Tiger. All anybody wants to see is Tiger Woods back on the tour. In 2008, 2009, you know, that was almost an unthinkable, uh, you know, situation. It, is Phil able to come back from this? It, does he just need to give this time and he will ultimately be welcomed back once he hooks up with a better PR person and listens to that person about how to rebuild his image? Or is this a, he's done and we'll never see him again and he won't be the official starter with, tar with Tiger hitting off the first tee at the Masters ever? Like, can they ride off into the sunset like Arnie and Jack? There is a rehabilitation possible, right? America loves a redemption story more than anything else. And we have the greatest capacity for forgiveness of any culture in the world. And we um, perpetually afford our heroes the ability to rehabilitate themselves. I think that it's likely that the challenge for Phil is he's 51, about to be 52 years old, and his skill is diminishing. So the thing that at this moment of his career that made him interesting and compelling was the persona. and the things that we've seen out of him, the match, his his appearances on television, his sort of extracurricular activity were part of, you know, the, the, the transition in his own sort of legacy, his leadership potentially in the in the Ryder Cup. All yep. of those things are and were part of the enormous goodwill that he's generated over 30 years and that was going to provide a seamless transition to for, for him remaining a front-facing person, remaining a person that would, that these companies would want as a brand ambassador, but also playing 
some skilled golf. He is the defending champion of the PGA championship for Christ's yes. sakes. Yes. And also multiple winner on the champions tour. So some skill to go along with all of the goodwill, um, you know, sort of, of goodwill based opportunities out there. I think he's going to go dark probably for the balance of this year. I don't think we're going to see him defend his championship at, at the, at the PGA championship. I don't think we're going to see him play competitive golf. I think he's going to go dark for the rest of this year. Well, so there's a couple of branches that we need to talk about coming off of that. Uh, the first is, it is remarkable how once the visage, once the facade was pierced, how many of his colleagues, most of them the younger generation of golfers, came out and were extraordinarily critical of Phil and off the record said a whole bunch of things like anonymously, well, that's Phil for you. You're finally seeing what we've known for all these years. Well, and also on the record blunt as well. Yeah. The Rory, Rory especially. Well, but, but those were about the comments, but what you can tell is they're driven by what has been a longstanding resentment amongst his peers about his behavior, the way he's, I don't know what that is, but Hey, when tiger went through this, nobody came out, you know, people came out and said, well, we miss him. You know, we hope he gets better. Yeah. It's a shame about, it. but nobody can even he as competitive and ruthless as tiger was. And we knew at the time he didn't have a lot of friends on tour outside of like Omira and a few others. Right. But nobody came out and, you know, uniformly condemn the guy. It was a different time. We didn't have social media, but that's been a striking thing. So I, I, I put that out there on the wait, tiger. Wait, wait, wait. Just yeah. hit pause for 10 seconds. Okay. So I just want to make sure that I'm understanding it the way that you're sort of dangling it. It see, it feels like the implication, the inference is there's other stuff out there that would have his colleagues over these years in the first place regard his outward facing behavior as perhaps disingenuous. Maybe that's the kindest way to say it. And in addition to that, other types of behavior that would have them repulsed, have them turned off. I just want to make sure that that that's sort of dangling out there from you as you sort of surmise what's going on. Um, yes. We here. walked, we walked out on this tree branch from a conversation about whether redemption was possible. And what I'm asking you a bit uh, rhetorically is what if there is still another shoe to drop? Okay. That's right. Okay. I'm, I'm picking up what you're dropping brother. Yeah. It is notable that tiger was silent. You think he's texted him? Yes. Do you think tiger sits back and goes, see, this is what it was about for me all those years ago. I knew this, this was, I had the exposure mm. to this. Oh, or, interesting. Or do you think that their sort of bond and the reconnection and Tiger's own, you know, at this point, learned humility through his process has him just stepping back and saying, the best thing I can do is say nothing and, and, and go away. I, yes. I, it'd be fascinating I, to know if Tiger's texted Phil. I think you're right in terms of that, that last observation, which is the two have bonded. They've come together. They've recognized the mutual interest. They are the two most important names, even at this stage of, of their careers in professional golf. Uh, not a shock that they finished first and second in the, you know, the PIP rankings. Right. Um, but I do believe that Tiger texted Phil and all I think it said was, keep your head up, buddy. I'm yeah. rooting for you. 
hang in there. And and that's it. Like I think much you're right. more, just a sh- like show of support, the way you would support a friend. Here's who's made my a, PR guy. A misstep or a misdeed, right? But yeah. like, you know, I'm I'm rooting for you. I want, you know, you to be able to recover from this and and nothing else. Nothing well, well, else. Look, the the buzz amongst the players is that he was absolutely suspended. The tour has a long-standing policy of not releasing uh disciplinary uh information like that. We know that from the DJ episode when DJ stepped aside, lots of rumors about what was behind that in his own sort of personal life. This feels like a suspension. Maybe Phil voluntarily was stepping away, but again, it felt like what he said to the sponsors, what he said to the tour was, okay, 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 but let me put out a statement first. And that's sort of what drove the ham-handed way and wording of that statement. Do you think there's another explanation? Do you think this is a voluntary, uh, you know... (laughs) <laughs> he's go he's going back inside after being after being in lockdown for two years from corona. He's decided to self-isolate yet again. Seems a little fishy. So, that feels uh, unlikely. Um, but I do think, you know, in the face of all of the variables that are out there, all these moving pieces that he has, you know, reached the correct conclusion, you know, a series of incorrect conclusions, a series of of miscalculations really starting all the way back in the fall. I will never, ever, ever be able to understand how he and Shipnuck came to be in a conversation mm. that he, I, he apparently regards as some type of confidential Shipnuck says not even close. And I, I don't even to, think we should give that credence. We're Sh- not going to bother with no, it because he knew Shipnuck it. was writing the book. He That's called it. him and just started going. That's right. That's right. And, and, and he couldn't avoid it. I look, I will say this, the suspension or, you know, quiet time means it's going to be a while before we can ask the leaders of this movement a question, because today, Bryson DeChambeau withdrew from the API talking about the the, the bone bruise he's got on his wrist, which is much worse, I think, than than he's probably led on. It's good that he's staying away. He's being We've smart about We've been talking about, that. about this. He's but hurt. I, he's hurt. And it is a very convenient injury at this time. Because the second most interesting guy to talk to about all this <laughs> is B.A.D., Bryson a- a- DeChambeau. Who's literally been out of the public eye for, you know, how long now? He's, he's had two starts in, yeah. in you know, uh, the, the tour year and only made the cut once. Yeah, he, he's been hurt and that's he's been fine, hurt. but he has a lot to say about What's happening? I mean, there's a reason Bryson was involved in the match with Phil. This was all happening. And with his injury the way it is, I'm not I'm not convinced at all that he's gonna be able to play the Masters. Me and, either. And, and I mean, so not, not even a little bit. He may be able to just ride this one out and do quite That's honestly. That's probably for the best, don't quite you think? On, exactly. Quite honestly, what what Phil's PR people should have told him to do, which is make your little, you know, sway house YouTube videos and pretend none of this is happening and otherwise just be quiet and and maybe it'll blow over. So I I think I think that's where he is, but uh, we're not going to get a lot of information from here and, and there were no interviews about it last week. Nobody no. talked about it. Well, I I mean to be fair, there wasn't anybody there. <laughs> there wasn't anybody there. But the <laughs> but, but but the the week of the players, I mean I do think the tour is throwing a wet blanket on this. I mean, you talked about Phil's statement coming out right after we did our pod. It also came out Right yes. as all the players were in the room, that's right. With Jay, the commissioner, 
having a conversation about a number of things. He started with basically a 10-minute rah-rah speech saying, let's go, let's move on, it's done. Uh, there were not a whole lot of questions about the Phil thing. Somebody noted it and, and people sort of read it in real time, but the tour didn't really have enough time to react and, and, and give a bunch of good answers about what they were going to do. So they're just, I think they want this to go away. Uh, Greg Norman's response, notwithstanding, the only Luxurious. thing crazier than Phil's was, was that response, right? I'd love, I mean, that man, he deserves a kiss on the forehead. If it wasn't so desperate and pathetic and sad, you know, the, and, and if with the alliance, um, that, that he's forged wasn't with, you know, a serial human rights, uh, abuse, uh, entity, um, it might be worth a chuckle. But whole like speaking of people that don't have anyone in their corner giving them any good advice, and this is the thing, another thing that we've been talking about on here, <laughs> that this is exactly the PR strategy, the fully conceived, fully baked strategy that you would, you know, associate with a group of 15-year-old boys. Like, <laughs> you know, hey guys, yeah. you 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 know, you formed your club, you have a club and you want to tell the world all about your club. Now you, you've, you've, you've effed up because it's the, uh, it's the, uh, M80 club. So you're already out of the box off, off on the wrong foot. Cause you're not allowed to have an M80 club, you dummies, but you're going to tell, you know, your parents and your teachers and the principal why the M80 club, um, is, is the right thing at the moment. You're just trying to create some leverage with your parents and your teachers to get a later uh, curfew. I mean, maybe that's a little bit of a, a tortured thing, but holy shit is this messaging ill-conceived, ill-executed, and, and nothing but laughable. Once again, I say to you, is it any surprise that Greg Norman has a giant, massive, larger-than-life-sized bust of himself shirtless in his own house, in the He's foyer of his home? He's a one of one. That's the one. kind of that's the kind of advice that he seems to be getting. Good idea to design your house with you shirtless. <laughs> I would call him a unicorn, but that's that's disrespectful unicorns. I think he's just a unicock. <laughs> that's all he is. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Greg Norman, the unicock. Congratulations. Crocodile Dundee voice. Ha Surely you jest. <laughs> Surely you jest. Obviously the internet exploded with the, the airplane. Don't call me Shirley. If I was the commissioner, I would just would revoke back, dear Greg, don't call me Shirley. You're, you're not friend Jay. That would have been it. That would have been my entire message. Um, I will say we are hearing um, some positive developments, especially with respect to the fall portion of the upcoming 2022 calendar year, which yes. will be, could be the 2023. So like, Notwithstanding all of the nonsense Bullshit. around all of this, there there is some genuine positive, like there's going to be some team golf potentially. Yep. There's going to be some international golf potentially. And the guys are going to get a genuine break come this fall while, um, you know, the, uh, another class of players will be able to compete in these events. Like all of that makes sense to me. And I'm if, if, if this is the price we had to pay, I don't know if it's worth it or not. Certainly not worth it from Phil's perspective, but um, well, there are some, not according some things to, to look forward to. Ken, <laughs> <laughs> he's Moses parting the Red Sea. Just follow me to the promised land. But there are some good things coming. The, the, 
Look, the top 50, we've had four of the last five winners in, in the last couple of weeks have been first-time winners. Now, there have been some quality winners like Scheffler, who we knew was going to get a win. But, you know, Sepp Straka winning at PGA National is exactly why Shane Lowry was like, $45 million, I'm in, right? Yeah. I get to bring my dad. That was your Irish? Was, I don't know what Nate, was that was. Was that your Irish? No, I just, I just, <laughs> no. I got something in my eye. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like that's, that's why they're trying to get away from Sepp Straka uh, taking a golf tournament from him. A, a lot of these guys just want to shoot fish in a barrel. And hey, all right, if you want to shoot fish in a barrel and you're accomplished and you're still at the top of your game, We'll give you a fall series of team events in Europe and around the U.S. It should be fun. You can win a fuck ton of money. And, you know, the rest of the guys got to get out there and earn their keep. Fine. Fine. I'll watch it. I just want to say uh, quick step Straka defense. First of all, we need to pay attention to his Georgia accent that well, it. Because he, he went to school in Georgia. Like, I mean, why is that? He's allowed? Like, a lot of people are are descent of, of other countries and have the accent in the place that they live. Why is that so wrong? Yeah, it just, it it was such a heavy Georgia Southern accent in the coolest way. He's but it's allowed. Not like, he is. But at least Victor, like, Victor still has his Norwegian accent with a little bit of Oklahoma mixed in. But it's, you're still like, yeah, that dude's Norwegian. There's nothing about Sepp Straka that seems well, they, Austrian. They beat us over the head he, with his with the Austrian angle, but he's li- he's lived you know nearly more, as, as much time in the South. He's more Waffle House than Hofbrau House. That is not an Austrian. I don't know. I mean, he why, is. Austrian, why should obviously. he have an Austrian accent? He's lived in America. He went to school in Georgia. Like you know. In any yeah, event, I know. Hey, look, we we're we, happy for point, him. I, the point I want to make is we need to keep our eye on these Georgia Bulldogs because they keep winning on tour, especially that California, uh, Florida swing, which is why we'll get to him in, yeah, in, in a few Keith minutes. Mitchell, Keith Mitchell, we bro. Keep, yes. Bro, Mitchell. we have our eyes on him down there in, in Orlando. I know. Quick shout out, though, Sepp Strackel. Let's do the superlatives. He was number one in the field in strokes gained off the tee. He was 84% greens in regulation. He Man. hit the longest drive on 18 for the entire week in his, uh, when he stood on that tee in the pouring rain, you know, right as the pouring rain descended. So the dude went out and won the golf tournament. He did the thing that we want, which is no, go he out fucking and grab the thing by the balls. He yes, played he well. Did. He played. He shot three, 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 four, three, four, four, three, 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 whatever. An incredible finish in the face of you know, a tournament that, that was there for the winning when I won it prior to yesterday, top 25 players were 16 for 17 converting 54 hole leads. Danny Berger blew this. He, okay. he inexplicably doubled the easiest hole on the course, which was the par five third. And guess what? This has happened before. He led the travelers with a 54 hole lead in 2016 by three. He lost by three 2018 U S open. He's tied for the lead. He lost by five. There's a little bit of a track record here. I mean, he lost 3.8 strokes putting yesterday and 1.3 on approach. That just is not burger esque after a week in which he just looked, I mean, coming into Saturday, he just looked totally untouchable. And there was no reason why we would have gone to bed on Saturday night. Any, you know, less nervous than he was. It just looked like an absolute coronation. And in five holes, it was gone. Gone. 
just like that. Do and you, Lowry was all over him. Do you think? Do you think that Shane has a complaint about the timing of the rain? See, I, the, I Shane think, Lowry because the rain really came down with him on the tee. He said right. he couldn't take the same line that Straka did to make birdie. My response to that was like, dude, three shots, hit it close, and make your fucking putt. Like, give me a break. But does he have a point? I I think he made a fair observation, and I will. Should they have called it? I want to defend him in this in the following way. I don't think he was doing sour grapes. He was just saying, here's the experience. I I took every observation that he made, the entire tone in which he delivered it, his demeanor as being like, bro, rubber the green. I was on the wrong side of it, and I wasn't okay. up to it. I wasn't up to it is the way that I took all of that. You He's, heard him say it, because I just saw yeah, the words. Yeah, I watched, it was stolen from me. I watched it. He did say it, right? He did say that, but... That was he wasn't complaining about the conduct of any uh, human beings. He was mm-hmm. he 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 was like you know I'm going to be disappointed for this period of time. My family's here, my kids are here. I'm going to go see them. I'll be over it in 24 hours. Okay. Like I'm ready to roll. Um, All right. It's you know everybody on this tour is so effing good. It's impossible to win. Um, you know, bad luck for me. I'm getting okay. on with my that's life. How, that's how that's how he took it. Yeah. So you know we we, he, we he's been an interesting character, Shane Lowry. Uh, over like the last you know twelve months or so, because he showed some some weird sour grapey kind of behavior, um, miscalculation uh, at the Ryder Cup, which maybe you just sort of chalk up to the competitive spirit, the and, moment, the emotion and the, of it, and the Euros getting their asses handed to him. Um, he didn't like that, uh, right. and he has been identified as a person that absolutely was on board with the the Saudi tour. Um, yep. Which you would, I, I don't know how you, you know, sort of uh, address that sort of, you know. Do you want to hear my Irish accent? You want to hear no. my Irish accent again? <laughs> no. Please, okay. no. God, no. Um, but uh, lucky charms it, guy. He's he he he's he's got all kinds of game. I mean, there's it's not a uh, we don't look at him and say, oh, he stole that that um, Open Championship in Northern Ireland. He won that mother effer. Yeah, he did, and. That's why I thought standing on the 18th tee with the rain coming down in the wind that there's nobody I'd think is more capable of making a birdie than Shane Lowry. Word, word uh, up. So like not it. making a birdie in that, you know, that that it comes down to that. I, I hear you on Straka. Hey, I'm happy for him. It just was surprising to see Danny Berger not win that. I, I okay. am still a little bit in shock. So, you, hey, but PJ National is a hard-ass golf course. That's it. And... A day like that happened to almost everybody who finished inside the top 20. It just seemed like it was going to not strike Berger. And then on Sunday, you could just see he had this stunned look of being punched in the mouth, didn't he? Well, and I, if I'm going to be glass half full about it, would just sort of chalk that up to the lack of of reps because he's been hurt. He's been in, in, on, off, on, off. His um, skill over these past, really since the return of the tour in the middle of 2020, you know, when the tour figured out how to how to conduct golf tournaments during the pandemic, he he's been all over it. Yes, I mean, he has. He's been in the top 15 in the world for for the nearly that entire stretch. So but this might be why we don't talk about him in the same sentence as the guys. Could be. Like like 
Justin Thomas, who we came off the, the, the corn ferry tour with in, in 2014. I, I just, that was the piece for me that you step back and went now the, the shots gained are going to look at least on approach are going to look worse because he went for it on 18 and went in the water. Yeah. He, he had to make Eagle. I love that he went for it because it was about the win for him. He mm. almost every other guy who was chasing burger woke up and went, I'm going to be so fucking happy if I finish T4 because I'm going to make a bunch of FedEx cut points. I'm going to make a bunch of money. And I just don't want to shoot plus five today. Clearly their strategy changed when anybody looked at the leaderboard after six, seven, eight holes and went, wow, I'm actually in this thing. But I think I thought Berger was going to run away with it for that very reason, which was nobody was going to be bold enough to go for the pins on that day and risk tumbling down the leaderboard. It wasn't that far of a fall to be outside the top 20. But I loved him going for it, going for the win and not trying to protect his position on 18. So yes, he dumped it in the water and whatever. Uh, but I, I, he, the fact that he went for it to me was a bit of a fighting champion spirit that uh, I was like, all right, Berger, like tough day. I love that you did that. I still have him on my card for the U.S. Open. I really think that he's a U.S. Open kind of horse. And I think uh, the country club up there in Brookline could be that course. I, I really do feel like, you know, skill wise, he's just a, a, a grinder. Yeah. And, you know, he, he clearly lost so much confidence yesterday. It all happened right in front of our eyes. We watch it happen. He knew he, 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 he was, you know, basically manifesting that he could not make a putt. <laughs> you know, he's like, that's right. He, he felt like he couldn't make a putt and he so couldn't he make just, a putt. He just, well, and then when he, when he splashed it in from the bunker on 14 for birdie, you thought, okay, Great. here we go. Here yeah. we go. But he just couldn't get anything to drop. I mean, you can't, no. you, you know, you, you can't make one birdie on the back nine on Sunday when you're in the heat of it and two bogeys and expect to expect to win. So uh, look, he's, he's either going to learn from it or this one's going to sting and he's going to think about the 2016 travelers and the 2018 us open and say, man, I struggle in these positions. Uh, look, w- we'll see what happens. He made that great Eagle at AT&T to win his, to win, uh, you know, the tournament last year, uh, at Pebble. So we know he's got stones, uh, you know, his Ryder cup. Listen, he chugged a fucking beer. Yeah. We love Danny Berger. Let's see, well, him, let's go. see him take this and come back swinging over the next couple of tournaments. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Speaking of the Ryder Cup, uh, the United States announced its captain for the 2023 event in Italy will be another Midwesterner in the form of Zach Johnson. Um, and there's been some funny stuff. Homie Homa posted something about, I'm not kissing up, but my real name is John. <laughs> I love corn. He did, he did some great stuff. Um, you know, another guy right out of the, the Steve Stricker playbook, it feels like. My question to you, and I haven't had a chance to sit down and really do the deep dive into the math yet. Is is Zach Johnson being set up as a sacrificial lamb for this event in Italy, which is, you know, an, an impossible amount off into the future? I don't think he is. I think we're better than the Europeans by a lot right now. Mm, mm. I think I'd be more worried if he was captain of the President's Cup team. I think he is well-liked. He's always been a player advocate, a constructive, sort of positive uh, but well-liked and respected guy. Don't forget, this guy won the Masters and he won St. Andrews. You know, I somebody, I, maybe it was Sobel, posted, oh no, I think it was Kyle Porter. Um, Zach Johnson has won a major more recently than Rory McIlroy. Mm. Think on that for a second. He's a great guy. He's respected. He's been... You know, he's had the earpiece and been the vice captain enough, so he's had the interactions with these guys. There's not going to be a interpersonal tension between Zach Johnson and any of the players on the team. It really freaking worked in the fall, and I don't see the next crop of Euros coming up that you have to be super scared about. I mean, the Hogard brothers, you know, Nikolai did not use his uh, exemption very well last week <laughs> at PGA was- National. I, I sprinkled a little on Nikolai. I thought he might come out uh, and shock and, the world. And Rasmus, shock, e- yeah, Rasmus just ejected from the Rico. So he didn't shock anything other than whatever the you know the surf and turf down there. Yeah, PJ he, National. He shocked his his travel agent by changing his flight from Sunday to to Saturday morning. Well, this is this is, you hit on a couple aspects of this that I found interesting, which is the announcement that they're going to maintain the same eligibility structure, which is to say six auto qualifiers and six captain picks. Very. Now you still have the rankings right through. Well, they'll just be ranked with, with points, but yeah, six, all that discretion. I mean, 
Last year, it worked very well as the Patrick Reed anti-Venom. Who do they I, see coming down the pike that they I, need to keep off this team? I, I think they're trying to make sure Tom Hoagie and, and I mean, Seb Strzok, I guess, since, <laughs> since he's Austrian, he can't do it. But th- I think they're trying to make sure that guys like that don't get, you know, a heater, win two or three events, and we got to include them, at, you know, uh, because they won three events in the fall of 20, you know, 22. We got to include them on the, or, or, you know, whatever, 2023, we got to include them on the 2024 Ryder Cup team when we know that there's other places. I, it feels just like a way to make sure that we put the best guys in position so that, so that they can finally get a W on European soil. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think there will be a, a, a better opportunity to strike. I mean, it's going to be Victor and Rom. And, you know, unless Fitzpatrick steps into the shoes and we're going to talk about him he this might, week, man, he might. but, but everybody else is smarting as an older guy, Westwood, Garcia, Lowry, Casey, et Casey guys who are not going to be good enough Alter. in two years. And they, and they all just got, you know, they all just lost their money from the Saudi golf thing. So hell, th- those guys might not have even, they may not even be eligible if they all join the Saudi golf league between now and then. Great for point. the Ryder Cup. So I, I, I agree. I think Europe is struggling now. Victor and Rom alone are scary as hell. Yes. Right. But, yes. Uh, but you know, bench to bench, you're going to, you're going to be in a much stronger position on the American side, unless we see a whole lot of young guys come forward on Europe. So look, well, that is, that goes to sh- say, first of all, I agree with the, with the picks because you got to make sure you have the best team out there. And second of all, who cares if it's Zach Johnson or Joe house, we're going to win this thing. <laughs> I would not put Joe House in charge of this because there's way too much alcohol, way that flows way too freely. Barry only, Switzer won a Super Bowl. The only thing that I want to do the math on is how closely the event falls to the end of this the the, the um, golf schedule. Like I, I just regret not thinking through what the implications of going directly from East Lake when Tiger won at East Lake. They all jumped on a plane. Yeah. They all drank their asses off. Yeah. They got to France and not one of them had had enough sleep. They were all zombies for the whole whole week. And the only moment that anybody got spirited was when DJ went to kick went went to kick Nile Horan's ass for for hitting on Paulina. That was the only spirited moment of that entire week in France. And Brooks had to stop him. Well, first of all. Niall Horan. I mean, who can blame? I mean, he's a very handsome man. <laughs> really, that really one of the most underrated uh, musicians out there. And, uh, you know, he's a one directioner. What do you want? I'll take your word for it. So uh, what I'm going to tell you is they're going to manage the time better and differently. Better. And, yes. and, and if an American can go over like Zach Johnson did from his tournament that he hosts in Iowa, it's technically in Illinois, but in the Quad Cities, if he can be the guy there, host the whole thing, get on a charter that is not going to be as nice as the one that they send the Ryder Cuppers over, and go win at St. Andrews, which he did, then all of these boys are going to be just fine with the travel accommodations, going to Italy and kicking ass. I'm not worried about Okay, it. okay. I'm, I'm worried about the it. President's Cup. That's what we got to be worried about right now. That's fine. Well, we're going to get a good dose of more top tier players this coming week. Um, we had no top 10 players None. at the Honda, um, which is kind of a bummer. But the Arnold Palmer is being some of the luster is being restored because I think it is. 
there's no WGC Mexico event, you know, thrown in here, stealing guys away. And so we have John Rahm. We have Rory McIlroy. We have a slew of, of, of top guys. Hideki is at this event, uh, the, the, the API. Um, and we're going to see some, you know, top-notch uh, golf now. Victor this is, is Victor is here. Yes. Another very tough Florida venue yeah. where, you know, the winning score tends to be around 10 or 11 or 12 under par. And sometimes it's single digits under par. And the weather, the wind can whip up and the guys can run into to gusts that really mess things up. And there's water on these holes. And this course, um, even more uh, prominently than um, PGA National, features real rough, deep rough. Oh, and the guys looks, are. It looks yeah. tough this week. Yeah, the social media pictures of this rough. The rough looks, porn is, is exquisite. Rough porn. That's, that's only. That's a golf term, everybody. <laughs> Eagle enthusiasts when we're talking about... Okay, anyway, let's, let's move on. So uh, the qualities that have demonstrated themselves to be necessary for success at this venue, you have to be able to hit approaches from 200 yards yes. or, or further out. You have to be really good at it. Um, those are the long. guys that distinguish themselves. This is also a golf course where every one of the par threes plays... 200 yards or longer. So you have to be good on long par threes. And, you know, you have to uh, be able to score some birdies on this golf course. Yeah, you, you got to putt, putt, putt Bermuda grass. That's for and not, sure. not just Bermuda, but, but uh, fast Bermuda. Yeah. For I whatever mean, reason. It looks after last year, we had some crazy wind that just tortured everybody. And this is pour one out for the one year anniversary of the most awkward slash awesome Bryson moment of him putting his arms over his head as he crushed the drive across the water. Everybody, got, that was peak Bryson. It's been all goddamn what? downhill since. Not then. awkward, not awkward for me. Just awesome. Okay, just awesome for me. Okay, it just the this sort of. I mean, it was a weird moment. Yeah. Followed well, that'll by, be that should be on his half zip. You know yes. the way that Phil has his jump on his yes. half zip. Agree. Bryson's arms over his head. That should go on the half zip. It, it, it should, and it was it was a great moment. Uh, again, a, a squandered moment for great brand building, but it's, it's a bummer. He's not going to be there. The thing is I look at the weather forecast and yeah. Okay. We might have some gusts on Saturday and Sunday that get into the twenties, but generally the wind is going to be down relative to what it was at PGA national. So I'm not so sure that you're just going to bully this course to death uh, this week, you know, if you win by powering it through the wind, I, I think to your point, like you're going to have to be precise with those long, those long irons. And that, you know, is a reason why we're looking to keep Mitchell, isn't it this week house? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, his, his resume, he's, he's finished in the top six twice in his last three starts at this venue three straight top 12s right now. So he's yeah, in 69, 68 on the weekend, finished T ninth last week. There you go. Uh, and, and, you know, worked out, worked his way into a top 10 at, at the Honda. Um, so, and you know, so we'll made this point. I, I was pissed when I saw it in the column. Cause I, I wanted to make this point him sticking around to, to, to congratulate his, his Georgia good Bulldog mojo. brother. Good mojo. Golf gods like to see that kind Very of thing. They good dog. mojo. Yes. So Keith Mitchell is going on the dance card for sure. A top 20 play for me this week. Maybe a little bit of top 10, 
maybe a tiny sprinkle, like a quarter unit on on him to win. The odds are like in the 27 to 30. What no, are you seeing I, for I'm him? I'm seeing 37. Oh, that high? So, yes. Oh. Oh, that's, so that's why it's a no-brainer. Okay. The, he's on. Now, yeah, that's now uh, yeah, that's, that's with Bryson gone. So, yeah. I mean, I, there's not anything better on the board, I don't think. Oh, no, no. I, I, I agree with this. That, that translates into, you know, something on the order of a seven to one and eight to one, um, for, for a top five kind of position. So that, that might be a way, um, to play this on out. Um, I am sorry to, uh, observe that both Pat Mayo and Jason Sobel are on Will Zalatoris this week. Oh God. I know. <laughs> because you know that he would have been a sexy guy to put in here to continue yeah. this this run of first time winners, right? He's for sure in the same class of guys. When we talk about Scotty Scheffler, we talk about Joaquin Neiman. Mm-hmm. Willie Z is right there with them, but you know Sobel and and Mayo both on him. That means we're off him, right? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, his I, his, yeah. his three starts this year: twenty sixth, second, and sixth. I mean, he's just a, well, a classy ass player. Sobel was right, as were we that. Neiman was going to run out of gas. He played great on Thursday. Yep. But I think he just sort of started to hit the wall, which, I mean, I, there's no fault in that. I just thank God, because otherwise he'd be superhuman to have slept on a bunch of leads and then it really contended here. He he faded. He faded a bit. So so maybe we can stay with Willie Z because they at least had some sense there. I, I will say, you know, you said birdies are better. Justin Ray put out the stat. Keith Mitchell is one of the top five guys in birdies are better per round last five years at this course. The guy who leads it all is Chris Kirk. And Chris Kirk was right up there with him uh, last week. You know, he finished, I mean, a disappointing 73 on Sunday for sure. Again, that course gives everybody one bad day, but he still finished T7. I kind of like the Chris Kirk action this week at API. I'm not, I'm not going to dissuade you from that. And, and, and I have he's him at on my list here. To one. Yeah. So, I mean, whether he wins or not, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you get at 65 to one. That means you're getting, um, very good top 10 odds. I love the top 10 for Chris Kirk. This week. Yeah. So let, let, let's, let's, that, that's an angle for us. Couple of OGs. Hideki has never missed a cut here. He's played, uh, I think six times or seven times. Jeez. Um, well, now he's never he, he he doesn't often finish in the top fifteen though. I think he only has one top fifteen finish. Um, but if you're just looking for somebody steady to throw into your mix that you just want to make the cut, now part of the thing this is a, an invitational only 120 players. Pat Mayo always makes this point. That means that more guys uh, on balance will make the make cut. Fifty three percent. Yep. Um, but another OG that, that has that good Florida momentum over the years always demonstrates, you know, class Adam Scott, Adam Scott's going to wear all Brown for four rounds. Good Lord. Um, Uh, I mean, he he, really showed up at the Riv. He did because that's what he does. He likes Riv and he likes Florida. So I, I, I don't see if you just were trying to like build, uh, a, a, a DFS lineup. If, if those two, I don't know how the pricing it's going to um, work out if you can have those two guys in there. Um, but I, I like um, both of them this week. I'm also ready to, to I don't know if it's a zig or a zag. Okay. <laughs> the whole world loved Sungjae last week. He oh. was by far the most prevalent. Not very good guy. last week. Well, be- and, and with good reason, you know, um, that he showed up on all the dance cards. He was, when we did the show last week, the, the only no-brainer because of his success at that venue and his success in Florida. And then he putted so badly, so poorly, uh, that he, he putted himself 
right out of the weekend, but maybe, you know, all of the Florida stats still um, hold true. He has, you know, uh, uh, two top threes at this event alongside all the classy stuff that he's done in Florida writ large, you know, top five at Innisbrook, the win in the top 10 at the Honda, the top 20 at, at Sawgrass. Sungjae likes Florida. Yeah. No reason not to invest a tiny bit in him this week, right? I think you can't go wrong there, although he did make me nervous last week, and I walked with him at the Riv, and the game was not super sharp. I thought maybe that was a warm-up, but he's now, after taking a little bit of a break, the guy who really was the was the Cal Ripken, uh, you know, I'd say that just because we're DC guys, you know, I don't even know yeah, if anybody yeah, knows what I we're will. talking about, but he was the <laughs> Iron Man of the PGA Tour because he plays every fucking start. Right. You know, he has not come out of that break firing on all cylinders. Maybe the reason that he plays all the time is that's how he stays sharp. So uh, just a little, just a little worry there. I want to go to the stat that you talked about though. Um, to, speaking of zagging, the, the approaches from 200 to 225. Do you know who's second in that stat in proximity of the hole this year? I don't know the answer, but I hope you're going to say Sam Burns. Cause I know like it's okay. Ricky Fowler, baby. Oh, wow. It's Ricky is it, Fowler. Is that right? He's second in proximity from 200 plus yards. So uh, look, Matthew Fitzpatrick is sixth. It's going to be tough to get odds on Fitzpatrick this week. Cause he's going to be kind of the sexy play. Yeah. Uh, and, but Ricky's sitting there second, you know, who's fourth in greens and regulation from 200 to 225 is Hayden Buckley. And that's a name who we've talked about a lot on this podcast as being one of the guys who's come off the KFT and and been firing. Obviously, Cameron Young is one of them. Grayson Sig has been uh, pretty pretty good uh, through 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 the fall at least. Hayden Buckley not great last week. He was yeah. pretty close to crappy. But you're gonna <laughs> but you're gonna get pretty decent odds uh, looking down the board to see you know could he could he top twenty could he. Yeah, I think I think you could you could put a little money behind Hayden Buckley this week at two hundred seventy to one uh, to win the thing. That that's where you might find some value if we really believe that that stat matters. Well, I mean, I w- there's good reason to believe that stat matters. Um, I just wouldn't play Hayden to win. I like him no. as, as a top twenty. Those are that you'll get great odds. How do we feel about Sam 20. Bennett? Sam Bennett, Texas A and M, number one ranked coll- collegiate golfer. He's he's in this tournament. I, his odds are horseshit. I wish like, him the best of luck. Yeah. That's okay. all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> good, good luck. Okay. We're not going to have like last week where we had a couple of sponsor exemptions who came out of nowhere to top 20. It's just too many, too many classy guys. It's like too classy. We, we haven't even said a word about Mark Leishman who has, you Talk know, to me about Leash. incredible record of this place. He won in 2017. He finished second in 2020, he finished third in 2011. He finishes in the top twi- 25 half the time. He plays here. He has not missed a cut this season. He's finished 15th and 16th in those last two appearances. I mean, Sobel's on him. Mm. And he's also made Sobel's making the point, and I like this. Sobel's trying to make an argument for Leash as a first round leader bet. And that is at, at 35 to one. You know, he's broken 70 on five occasions in his opening rounds, uh, eight opening rounds in 2022. Or no, in the season, not not in 2022. Um, and a scoring average of 68.5. So, you know, if you're Leishman, for sure, also another OG classy guy should go on a dance card. 
I can't say I can't say no to that. I I just want to understand how we feel about a guy who is almost forty years old. How much time does Leash have? Is he still just lashing the ball around around the the, the course? I mean, his putting has been exceptional. You know, this year he's thirty second in approach, so he's hanging in there. And and we know that he's you know at this course, as you said, like he's one of the guys top five in shots gained total over the last five years at this course. So I, I just, I get nervous with leash. Cause I feel like, I feel like he's maybe on the decline. And then I see Adam Scott, I see Jason day with a little bit of a resurgence and I go, all right, maybe you can be that age and hang in there with some of these young guns. There you go. That's exactly right. Uh, any other names on the, on the card? Anybody yeah. down the, down the, the book you want to talk Look, about? I like the Beezer. I think, okay. I think you know the Beezer finished T T twenty five last week. I just love the way that he's playing. You always like the South Africans in the wind. You know I do. Beezer shot a sixty six on Sunday. He is that kind of momentum player, and he's felt right for breakout. He's not going to win this thing, but I am certain Beezer is going to top twenty this week. Christian Besudenhut. 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 Christian Besudenhut. Yeah, yes. we love this guy. We love the way he's tough as nails. He's got some consistency built in now. Uh, and I'm sure I'm going to be eating my foot on that next week. No, well, he's a, he's like, he fits that profile of guys that can absolutely become a first-time winner on tour. I mean, in the class that he showed last year, especially his like quiet success in, in the majors, is like, let's keep an eye on the Beezer. 50 to 1 this week coming in. So, you know, that that, that kind of fits the profile of some of these dudes who are ripping off the, the string of uh, first-time winners that we're, we're rolling along with. Who do we think wins, given that now we're back, you know, to it, to it's not quite a uh, strength of field like we saw at Riviera. But to your point, we got Rom, we got Rory, we got Victor, we got Scotty, we got Hideki, so on and so forth. Who just resonates for you with winning this thing? Rory. Yeah. Odds are terrible. Uh, I'm not going to bet it because I don't like like the odds, but I mean... He like slummed his way to a to a top ten at Riv. Um, he's just you know he. It's always with him. He walks in. He sees it. It suits him. If you start seeing the putts roll in, get the fuck out of the way because he's just going to burn the house down. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Rom took the week off to figure out the putter because everything else has been fantastic. He is very hungry and burning for a win. Uh, I, I I am keeping eyes open. I mean, he's got some really big tournaments in front of him over the next six weeks, right? Well, uh, this is his debut at this uh, event, so yeah. Yep. Not, he, is there a, a student any track of record for that? No, he's a student of history. He it's loves, true. yeah, uh, drive, great driver of the golf ball, obviously. So we we don't need any more superlatives for Rom. It's really just there's a couple of these guys, Thomas and Rom in particular, who've been striking the shit out of the ball, who've been driving it, who have not really won. And, yep. uh, uh, the, the, and it's been because the putter wasn't working so well on POA. I'm excited to see the putter make its debut on Bermuda this week. Well, there is another PGA tour event occurring in Puerto Rico, an opposite field event. Um, some you quality can guys. play if you want. <laughs> yes. Yes, whenever there's a lick lighter in the tournament, whenever yeah, it is not hard to get into the the Puerto Rico open. I mean, there are, there are some, some guys playing in it. I think all that we'll do, Nathan Hubbard is convey our very best wishes to Mark Hubbard. How about that? That sounds good. 
Is that that's the right way to do it? Okay. Birdie buddies, eagle enthusiasts, par saving pals. I believe that we've done it. Hopefully enough for your dance card and for your entertainment purposes. We shall be back next week. In the meantime, please, everybody, let's head straight up there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.